0: Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Yes, welcome to Legit to QT with me, Koya. Today, I am so excited because I am with the director, writer, and I guess basically all directors, writers, and producers of the Center of Gibbons and Guardians. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank Thank you. you very much for having us. Yes, well, I'm so happy for you all to be here. I loved your film. I loved, like I said earlier, looking at the little givens. I didn't even know what a given was until I watched your film. So it was very informative, but also um, also very entertaining, which sometimes documentaries, they're not always highly entertaining, but this one definitely was. So um, you all should be very proud of the film that you that you produced and that you created. Um, I just want to go around and kind of introduce everyone for our viewers. So we have Gabriella Scholar. Am I pronouncing it right, Scholar? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And she is the director of the center for Gib- the Gibbons Conservation Center. But you were also a producer on the film as well. <clears throat> Um, we also have Alex Azmi, am I pronouncing it correctly?
1: Absolutely, thank you very much, yes. Azmi,
0: yes, who was the director of the film. And we have Michael Tho, am I pronouncing it correctly?
2: Thaw, like what you do to frozen meat.
0: Oh, Thaw! I love that. Michael Thaw. <laughs> Um, who you were a, a writer as well as producer as well on the film, at on the film. Oh.
2: And I cut
0: it, too. Oh, and editor. The, the editor. Yes, yes, all of the titles, yes, yes. And you also were the editor. <laughs> um, so um, what made you, Alex, want to create a film about Gibbons? How did you even find out about the center? And then what inspired you to make this film initially?
1: Excellent. So I've gone to the center several years ago. And at the time, I took the tour, and I, I really loved the place just in terms of the vibes, in terms of the location, just in terms of being close to the animals. But more importantly, the stories in the tour itself, they tell you the stories that this particular gibbon is in love with this other gibbons but she doesn't care for him because she likes this other one. And, and it, was, it was very fascinated the complexity of the story and how close it is to our own stories. So that was several years ago, and I thought of the place many times. I've gone there many times I just to enjoy the tour and just the place. About uh, two years ago, I went there again, and Gabi was given the tour this time. Uh, I attended the tour, and afterward, I asked her if she would be interested to collaborate on a short film. The uh, again with the idea of the stories that they've seen, but Gabi was interested in doing that. But she also interest was interested in uh, Uh, Telling the story about the Gibbons and educating the public about the Gibbons so that there was this additional aspect of that. Uh, We started with a a short message and then uh, a short film and then a full feature film.
0: I love that. I love that. And like I said, it was very, very entertaining. I loved... Hearing about the Gibbons and how they resembled like regular people in our everyday lives, like yeah, Violet. It's very
1: true. Very true.
0: Violet wanting Howard, like <laughs> having a crush <laughs> on Howard. I was like, what's going on? Um, and then them having kids with each other and becoming a father and whatnot. It was it was very interesting. I said, like, okay, it's a documentary. All right, and it definitely the story just took. A very different direction than I than I really thought that it was going to take. Um, maybe maybe Michael and Gabby, you can answer this question. How did you decide on taking that approach versus a more traditional information approach that usually most people take with the documentary?
2: Well, I'll take that one first. Um, I come out of. Uh, theatrical scripted stuff. Oh. And um, although I have worked on this kind of programming before, um, I just thought that um, we could turn it into uh, something much more cinematic than than just, like you said, a straight documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have the nighttime scene that we won't give away what that is. Um, And uh, the humorous parts and the inspirational parts. And um, even the interesting thing about the guy named Tyler, who had a gadget that could record like six sets of ears. And then his camera would move in 360 and you could hear how all the sounds move around you. yeah. Of course, that's really difficult to uh, trigger when you wanted to because Gibbons don't sing when you want them to. they sing when they want when they sing when they want to. So a lot of times you'd just be sitting around forever waiting to get something. but And then I think another thing that made it really cinematic was Gabrielle's ability to get inside the enclosures and get these beautiful close-ups of these just amazing looking animals. And um, apparently, she had trouble with one of them that didn't want to be photographed, Pepper, I'm talking about.
0: But, oh, um, Pepper, yes. But, uh,
2: but um, yeah, so, so I, I was always I pushing for a cinematic kind of experience, rather than just a straight documentary.
0: Hmm. And you definitely executed that very well. Um, I'm an actress at also, and so I was like, "Oh, this is this is very interesting and unique." Um, Gabby, what was that experience like for you taking the camera into their their cages and like recording them? Was it was it difficult? Was it easy? I mean, because they already have like a relationship with you.
3: Yes, so I'm also a biologist, a researcher, so I document their behavior and I take photographs. So I've I been doing that, but um, I was trying to get sometimes specific shots, and that sometimes was hard because the didn't always want to collaborate. And um, they are very curious animals. So when you go in with the or just even just bring the camera up to the enclosure, they see themselves mm-hmm. in the lens and they want to explore and they want to look they want to lick the lens so it's like uh-huh. that the, you have that kind of, of the mind, so. <laughs> and they like to take things apart so when we put in the the gopro inside the enclosure they try right. to you know take it off <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's uh it was fun <laughs> Wow, that's so amazing! What so from
0: the time that you came up with the initial concept, and from the time that you completed it, how long did that take? Because sometimes documentaries can take years um, to actually conceptualize. Maybe. Yeah.
1: So the yeah, absolutely. So the initial part, of the uh, we we initially had a short that was around thirty-five minutes. And we called it Violet is Blue, uh, be, uh, uh, around the the uh, given Violet. Thus is the name Violet is Blue. Uh, that must have taken like around nine months or maybe a year. And then there was a long period that there was nothing actual shooting. We submitted the film to festivals and things to the nature. And then we had the chance to, to interview Dr. Jean Godal. And then we went and added a couple of other interviews. So all together, it must have been around two, two and a half years. Oh
0: wow, wow, and wow! How do you coordinate with individuals for two years? Like, what is that? What does that process look like? <laughs> because I mean, did you have moments where you had momentum?
2: It's called COVID. It's called COVID. I mean, we didn't really have a lot, <laughs> a lot to do, in a lot of that time. So.
0: Oh, okay, so you created this during the pandemic, okay. No,
2: but this, but the second, the second iteration of it. Okay. Um, the making it into a feature film rather than just a short.
3: Mm-hmm. When you
0: actually um, were filming them, was that
3: during the pandemic or prior? Before. Before Most I'll of be- the given footage before. And then some, like when Anastasia was born, that was after.
2: Oh, That's goodness. the little baby, yeah.
0: That's the baby. That was like my, I think that when when she, when Anastasia was born um, and seeing her dad like play with her and then Violet took the cake. Violet and Howard, that part, I literally was just dying laughing in tears. I was like, how is a given? How does a given have a crush on a veterinarian?
2: And what about Pierre not liking men?
0: Well, yes, and Pierre not liking men and then walking around with this male bravado, or um, and then what was and, and I just like I was like, what? And then and then like flirting with the women but intimidating yeah. the men. Yeah. I, I love that part, I love that part. It was so hilarious to me. I was like, I mean, they really. Really do have very unique personalities, and then it sounds like all of them are a little bit stubborn. So that's like another thing. Like even getting them to mate because they're extinct, and I was like, oh, like getting them to like when I was watching the film, I was like, okay, you want them to to mate so that they can have babies, and then you know they pursue their life. Um, but at the same time they don't want to cooperate so even that takes a while and like how long does that usually take is it like a year is it two is it a couple months
3: it's depend on the individuals and if they are a good match they they sometimes right away they Mm -hmm. in the the gestation period is six and a half months and we'll have a baby in the first year and other times it takes years uh they just kind of getting used to each other figuring each other out so it's they are left like us.
0: But we don't have time for that. They need to procreate so that they don't become... Yeah. <laughs> we need You're, to get a machine.
2: <laughs> because it's a conservation center. And these animals are going extinct, so we need to conserve them. So we need to get them. Gabby told us that the, she's actually, like, traded animals from different entities zoos and and whatever just to get the right match to just to hope that that right
3: yeah Yeah. so zoos try to preserve these species and um we collaborate (laughs) with other organizations in copty breeding programs and species survival plans to Mm. preserve them yeah
0: Wow, that's amazing! So they are like us, you know. It's it's difficult for me to find a date, so, <laughs> so you have like all these apps, Match.com, okay, cute, and you know, it's just very difficult because sometimes you don't like. I don't like them. Just going back to the drawing board, so that's really interesting. Um, Gabby, I really liked your storyline also as well. Coming from Hungary as a student. And, um, and then basically um, being underneath the founder, Alan, and just really kind of, I mean, you grew up there essentially in your young adult life and just seeing your passion and how much you love Givens, that was really beautiful. Um, how are you able to juggle filming as well as your task with running the center? Because you are the director. <laughs>
3: So, very often, um, I was just grabbing the camera and between two feedings or uh recording the gibbons early morning before the first feeding, mm-hmm. just try to uh find time to do it or on my uh official days off. <laughs> Okay. I love that. I love
0: that. Um, I thought it was also really beautiful about, what was his name? Orion? Orion growing up on the center and then you have like his parents' love story. That was so cute. I love that. Um, You all seem to be like one big happy family uh, at the center. Um, Did this feel like you all were working and making a film or did this just kind of feel like one just collaborative family effort. Um, all of your subjects that you chose—they um, all had very different, unique voices, um, but everybody seemed to be interconnected. How did they? How did they respond to you all filming at the center? Maybe um, Alex.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let, let me take it. So the the uh, the process of filming for me was really a lot of fun i was always finding an excuse to go to the center uh I, as i said earlier i've gone and the first time i gone uh, gone with my wife she was going taking a class and we went there but since then i've gone several times just because i like the vibes like the place uh for the filming uh it was was like even a further excuse to go and do the same thing uh stay longer uh you know and now i got to, to know the uh, gapi and other people so it was, it was always very fun it was always i i can't recall that there was uh, any day that was really stressful or there was a problem there, there was some days there was a lot of work but there was no stress or there was uh, no negative feelings of any sort uh so for me um i thought it was 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 very uplifting process
0: Okay. Was that the gib- the Gibbons that I just heard, Gabby? I have a bird. <laughs> oh, it's a bird! Okay, I was like, do they know that you guys are doing a press today because they're famous now. <laughs> That's okay. um, me- um, I also one of the one of the parts of the film that I really, really, really enjoyed um, was when. Alan, and I'm so sorry for your loss. When Alan, well,
2: well, 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 we we're trying not to give away certain things. Oh, okay. In, in the film.
0: Okay, absolutely. Okay, no problem. Especially,
2: um, especially third act stuff. Blood twist, yeah.
0: Okay, um, well, let's let's talk well,
2: about Alan's there through the whole thing. I mean, yes. So I'm gonna- yes,
0: I'm gonna rephrase my I'm gonna rephrase my question. So, um, I like the fact that Alan Mutnick um, started this center and you really can see how passionate he was about Gibbons, how he like, I mean, he basically started it by himself from scratch. I love, I love seeing that um, and just how he poured his passion into and his, this really was his purpose. Um, How have you all, uh, what legacy do you all want to leave behind with your work first with you Gabby with the Gibbons and then Michael and Alex in entertainment for you Alex in documentary uh, making and then Michael with you with filmmaking so we can start with maybe Gabby.
3: Okay, um, well, my life is the Gibbon Center so I, I don't plan to retire I going to be working hard and uh, taking care of the gibbons and running the center. And um, hopefully I will have some time to uh, do more studies and see gibbons in the wild and educating people. So that's that's pretty much my my goal for the future.
0: <laughs> I love that, I love that. What about you, Alex?
1: Uh, so it's just let me add something for, uh, about Gaby. gabi again, is an example. Uh, Gabby also does a lot of research on, and speaks in their conferences on the mm-hmm. gibbons, the gibbon conservation. And, and given that the gibbons are endangered uh, critically, uh, in some cases, the uh, Gaby's uh, uh, legacy is not only the center, but hopefully will be the survival of some of the uh, species of the gibbons.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, now, about me. So uh, in my case, uh, really, I'm, I'm, I enjoy a lot the documentaries that have a stories. And the stories could be a feature, I meaning it could be a narrative film. It's, uh, so if you watch this film, if you watch the uh, other ones that are basically uh, technically documentaries, but the stories are often so dramatic that they could be an actual feature. The reason is documentary is because they really happened in real life. Thus, is this this cross between documentaries and uh, and narratives the area that I'd like to specialize in? Legacy this is this is this is uh, too big for me to, to think of myself having a legacy to leave. But hopefully, people will enjoy the movies that I worked on.
0: I love that. And what about you, Michael?
1: Well,
2: I think the legacy is going to be the film itself. If if we can get people to watch this film um i i think it's going to do i mean you like it so much i think the film itself is going to do a lot of work for the uh at least the the you know Gibbon conservation center and um and maybe the habitats around the world as well too they mostly come from southeast asia And that's where there's a lot of um, deforestation um, for mostly palm oil, which is, it's just an easier way to make lots of different kinds of products, including food products. And so when when they harvest a whole section where the gibbons are, and other animals as well, too, they they just they, they, they destroy life. They destroy the lives of these animals, and kill these animals as well too. And um, and so so uh, you know if, if enough people hear the you know the thing about palm oil, they might they might stop buying it. There'll be less demand for it. They'll stop harvesting those areas. So. I guess I'm going on and on and on. I was just going to say that the film itself should do that work. We, uh, you know, we didn't want to get too heavy-handed with the um, save the planet kind of stuff, but uh, because we, we really wanted to make you know something very cinematic. Uh, I love that, um, and I, that that
0: actually brings me to my next question. Um, I did see that in the film that palm oil was is a, is a reason mm-hmm. that a lot of rainforests are um, torn down. I had no idea. I literally looked at a couple of my products and I said, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> that is a car. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, guys. Um, but I didn't even know that. And then I literally looked at a couple of products that I had and I saw that it had palm oil in it and so i said yeah i guess i could stop using these products and find different alternatives i know sometimes people a lot of people like to use organic products and sometimes you just think oh it just costs a little bit more but really it could be the difference in saving a rainforest somewhere and i had no idea um that that could have that type of impact what are some other things that people can do to help um help gibbons
3: so going back to palm oil, luckily there's a couple of uh, applications that you can download on your, if you have a smartphone and you can scan the barcode and it will tell you if that product has palm oil, but it will also tell you if, if it has palm oil, it was produced more sustainably. So wow. they're good product that are, might have palm oil, but they are not causing deforestation. So there are a couple of tools that you can use and, um, Uh, There are other products coming and causing Mm -hmm. deforestations, like paper products, sometimes um, um, the clothing industry, hardwood. So what we try to tell people, just kind of reduce what you are buying and just buy things that you really need and um, recycle things and reuse things. Mm.
0: I love that. I love that. What things have you done, uh, Michael and Alex, to help uh help given outside of making this wonderful film? Have you guys all like wrote into different companies or stopped using any products? Uh
2: yeah, I I, I write it every day I write someone. Oh no, really? No, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but now you made me feel guilty so today.
0: No, I'm just very gullible. So if you tell me something's the truth, I will probably take it as the truth.
2: <laughs> it's really it's really the masses that have to put pressure on these companies. One one person really I mean, a hundred people writing in, two hundred people writing in. Um and you know, one way of doing it is just encouraging the company to use something else besides palm mm.
0: um,
2: But Gabby, I think knows a little bit more about this than I do. Yeah. And well, download,
0: downloading the barcode—that's, I mean, that's huge. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, and writing to companies, and and uh, I have to say, yes, one person can make a difference because if we all do something that we can really do a lot
0: absolutely i love that um alex i have one question for you um directing a documentary is very different than directing something cinematic Um, can you tell me a little bit about your process for directing this film and then michael will talk about your process for editing it as well
1: absolutely so the uh, in the end of the day is uh it's really the story Uh, as long as you have a good story. And uh, uh, the, the things will fall into place. So the struggle was was two levels. One is to find the story. And once we sat down with with uh, Gabi and Gabi was uh, you know was telling us a different story, it turned out to be the struggle is n- not to find the story, but to really really limit the story, that there's just too many stories and you need to like uh, uh, so that's a very good problem to be well um, where you have a lot of material and and you need to, to narrow it down. The other issue is how to tell the story itself because um, it's multiple stories. Uh, as you mentioned, there's the uh, there, there's the founder, uh, uh, a visionary man who wanted to do the center. Uh, there's Gabi herself that got associated with the center at the critical time. There's other staff, there's Alma, Crest, and other people. But then also you had the stories of the, the Gibbons and the, the different individual givens. And then you have the um, one thing that's also very important underneath all of that, which is the information about the givens. So how to structure the story? That was really, this was we, I don't wanna say it was a big challenge, but that was one of the areas that Michael and I have, have gone several rounds, uh, proposing different things, putting it in a different order, seeing what will work out, what will not work out. Also the film is, uh, it has something kind of interesting. has some humorous parts and have some funny parts, but also have rather dramatic parts in areas that are really uh, very heavy. And it's kind of like how to manage that so people are not going from one to the other or the things are not, not contradicting each other emotionally. So that, that was another part of the design. Mm,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Like with the fire, well,
1: no 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 no, 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 you can
0: say that okay with the fire i'm knowledgeable (laughs) about this film i just want everybody on here to know that for those of you listening and watching i really liked it so i'm like (laughs) but i have to make sure i (laughs) really um michael for you um what was your process for number one writing because documentary writing for a documentary is very different than uh, for other narratives, and then what was your process uh, like for editing? Because I really like the way that you edited, edited, edited the movie. Um, I was watching certain parts. I was like, i have a good editor. i have a good editor."
2: Thank you. Um, well, you know, you 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 have to start out with the interviews. Mm-hmm. So you you get those transcribed, and you take a highlighter and you highlight the the things you want to to say, and remember that's. Not just, a, a person might say one sentence here and then another sentence three paragraphs later and you want to put those together and skip everything in the middle of that. Um, so y- y- you do that with a highlighter and then you put it together uh, you know, in a timeline if you know what that is on my computer editing system. And, um, and then you have to figure out what to cover up that cut with. In other words, if, if, if I'm jumping from one paragraph to another, there's got to be some some visual at that cut at that cut point, mm. so you don't see the cut. And then <laughs> I
0: think somebody has some music <laughs> or a phone. <laughs> and, and,
2: and then there's and then there's a a lot of. Uh, work to be done when people went, uh, uh, uh. so those were also things that you have to pull up and find footage and, you know, so that you could see what they're talking about rather than just watching them talking about it. And uh, so, you know, I was going out there a lot shooting that coverage. And of course, we kept Gabrielle uh, real busy. Covering that stuff up as well too. Music, um, timing things with music. Um, we had a couple of different composers working on it. Um, Ilsic, uh, uh, his last name. I'm sorry, Alex. Beyond. Al- oh. Ilsic Beyond. Yeah. Dion. Uh, did a did a great job, and um, and uh, yeah, I, I, that's pretty much the process. And then, of course, moving stuff around once we've once we've seen it together, um, it's easier to do that when you just have the dialogue first. Is to mm-hmm. move this dialogue around, that dialogue around, so the scenes, and then and then sh- shoot the other material that can cover that up.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Very. It's a lot of moving parts. It sounds like. <laughs> um, did you did you all encounter any challenges or obstacles i mean other than COVID, of course that that definitely was is a challenge but did you encounter any obstacles or challenges while you were in pre-production production or post-production
1: so the uh the, there was interruptions with uh uh nothing really serious yeah uh, we'll be recording interviews and then the uh, Gibbons will start singing and then we'll wait for them to finish, but they wouldn't finish or they will take too long. Or things of that nature. Uh, records record some things, but the wind was, was too high. So later we find out that the audio was, was uh, we can't use it or need to have a lot of cleaning, cleaning up. But on the whole, uh, I thought it was, was very smooth and was, was a very positive process.
0: I love that. The given's definitely that you cannot try to micromanage them. They are their yeah. own beings. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're like, you're in our world. Uh, that was very uh, self-evident in the, in the film. <laughs> well, you all, where can everybody watch this movie when it is released?
1: So the, uh, we've given the information on the website. The website for the film is called The Center Film one word the centerfilm.com and the plane there is on september 21st that will be released on dvd also on, on blu-ray and also in, uh, in transactional uh uh transaction videos we don't know the exact channels but quite likely would be things like Google, uh the other the other uh streamers where you can pay for it print it and pay for it
2: maybe and app- itunes maybe apple Jeff. Yeah. yeah Okay, Apple yes. TV
1: and
0: whatnot, all right. Amazon. We
1: should know in a week or so that the exact channels and we'll post it in the website.
0: Okay, and what is the website so people can be updated about the
1: yeah. film? Yes, thecenterfilm.com, thecenterfilm.com. One word, one sentence.
0: Okay, wonderful. And what is the website if people want to learn more about Gibbons, Gabby?
3: It's gibbonscenter.org. Okay, wonderful.
0: And you're located in uh, Santa Clarita?
3: Yes, yeah, Santa Clarita, just north of LA.
0: I love that. Well, you all, it was such a pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you for coming on our podcast. We're... Reaching the end, but I definitely loved the film. I know for you all listening and watching out there that you will too. Trust me, it is not your typical documentary. It is something that you can definitely get some popcorn and, you know, some soda, and as long as it doesn't have palm oil. And you can, I don't think soda has palm oil, um, and you can watch it and really be entertaining. So check it out. Um, don't use palm oil. Um, we're just gonna say that. And um, and thank you all so much for coming on. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Stay on for a couple minutes just so I can thank you after our outro. Um, for all of you watching, you know the drill. We'll see you next Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every week. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank
2: you.
3: Thank you. Thank Bye. you. <laughs>